Hey everyone, this is Clemente. I hosted the show today with Pio driving back from Boston. Had a ton of fun. Uh, Spencer joined us and we talked about the huge decline in blur farming and its effect on NFT price over the last couple of weeks. We also talked about why people potentially, hopefully, might start buying NFTs again soon and if Yuga Labs' transition to gaming might hurt the Bored Ape ecosystem more than it already has. So thanks for listening and I hope you enjoy the show. Good morning, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to be hosting today. This is Clemente speaking, by the way, in case you couldn't tell from my uh, NFT morning show profile. Uh, we got Pio, I think, driving back from Boston, but we got a great show for you today. Why didn't he drive last night? I don't know. He, uh, he hit me up. I was, I was pumping some iron at Equinox, and he was like, yo, can you host the show? I'm like, I got you, bro. I got you. Come on. What are we, what are we doing here? Did you have to drop that you're an Equinox member? <laughs> I just had to. <laughs> I had to share that. that uh, like, did everyone need to know that? Is that like part of your like sort of image? Well, you know, Nick, he pays good money for that Equinox membership, so he's earned the right to drop it. If anything, it's a tax write-off. Um, is it? No, no. Um, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> Spencer, uh, welcome back oh. from Chicago. How was uh, how was the trip? It was really good. Um, you know, got to see a bunch of just like people, a bunch of portfolio companies. We actually spent two days glamping in Chicago. One of our portfolio companies is a glamping startup. Damn, a glamping. That sounds very uh, Nick. That sounds like your your type of thing. You were at a Fire Island. Did you do some glamping there? No, I stayed in something called a hotel, Clemente. Um, so that's what we were uh, staying in. Pretty. Um, pretty awesome, but glamping is very glamorous. There's a glamping thing. I know, um, uh, one of the, actually a non-investor of ours, who's an investor who I know invested in a glamping site over at, there's one here in New York, um, over on governor's Island that you can go to during the summer. And, uh, people seem to like that one. That that's where they started. And it's very popular. Where is the, where's the glamp? Location. We actually were glamping in Western Michigan, so like right on the Lake Michigan. Is that um, a off there? Is that near is, Flint? Uh, it was not near Flint, to my knowledge. Yeah, they were drinking the Flint water, also, uh, okay. Clemente. Yeah, right. uh, real quick, <laughs> how glamp were you? Like on a one to ten scale, how glamp were you? I'm more it was pretty glam. Uh, so glam. The, the, there, there were tents that had showers in the tents. Bravo. I like agree. with running water, right? Not like some weird thing, like like fully like plumbed tents. <laughs> it's not really a tent. It's a building made, w but with a uh, facade that is a little more flexible, flexible, not resilient, not designed for uh, hurricanes. Yeah, basically. Are they permanent structures though? Yeah. I mean, they have plumbing, right? So like there's pipes underground that go to them, but... It, dur during the winter, they do take the tents down, and so the like shower is an outdoor shower, and the toilets are like covered somehow during the winter. But the main tent bit is gone. So it's like a yurt. Kind I of mean, thing. these are other words. Let's go. What could be a wigwam? That's another thing you could go with. There um, is, is a wigwam, but right. but not made of sticks and mud. All right, so. uh, moving on. Uh, Spencer, real quick, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, we had our XP, our, our graphic designer, probably make the most badass thumbnail for today's show. Uh, I think you have to do something with this related to oh, Spencer wow. Ventures. Yeah, I got to print that out, frame it, maybe put it on some good you know, foam core or something, put it on the wall. 
that's that's a powerful 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 opening card i love it man i don't like there's so much advertising there i feel like you're advertising glasses there like xp just got the glasses right i'm i, I kind of want to buy the beanie i also kind of want to buy the hoodie i think this is one of the best uh thumbnails that have that we've had well done it, well done xp and spencer well obviously we don't work on conversion uh because from that standpoint it may not be a performing but a lot of people are not googling institutional capital web three but now his face shows up on it so that i mean that's that's as good as it can get for spencer this is the spencer promotional episode <laughs> uh, love easy, to see it. easy welcome in uh I didn't think you'd be joining us, bro. I am about tomorrow. I'm here today. I hear that you're saving the episode. You got some, an Equinox pump in. Yeah. I just heard Spencer went glamping in Flint, Michigan. Doesn't sound in glamorous. In a wigwam. Uh, and you also mentioned that it's glamping, but the house is wired up. So it's not actually like camping. It's more just like you got an Airbnb. They just call it glamping. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of it. Let's Airbnbs are now glamping. I'm sold. <laughs> It's like a, a tree house with piping in it. And they're like, all right, so picture this. It's a house. It's got running water. It's got a kitchen. It's got full electricity camping. Uh, easy. I think your, your speakers are coming in a little hot just as a heads up. Um, but anyways, uh, guys, we're going to go ahead and get started with the show. We have so much to cover. Uh, we're going to uh, discuss institutional dip. Buying as the as the thumbnail probably told you, uh, we have uh, the big dip in NFTs over the last seven days. Uh, we're going to talk about farming the friend tech airdrop and whether or not that's worth it, and some Web three businesses feeling we're, the burn. Are we also going to discuss popsicle uh, survival rates across uh, extended bike we, distances? We can. <laughs> because that was something yesterday. We went to a. Uh, it can only be described as a networking event. Um, although, no. <coughs> Excuse me. It was a uh, release party of uh, uh, South Street Seaport. Um, it's like built a Web3 integration where you can scan with MoonPay. And uh, Keith Grossman and a bunch of other, and all of his, uh, all the artists that had done uh drops with his what what was the collection that dropped with time, time pieces um all the time pieces artists were there and so, uh, and some other people but it was pretty much a networking event but uh we stayed there for a little bit but when we left i was like clemente i'm gonna go buy four popsicles and i'm gonna bring them back and uh, uh put them in my freezer and i was like what are the odds that the popsicles get back he was like full conviction there's no way that the popsicles are going to make it back to my apartment. And then there were uh, the people working the popsicle stand. <laughs> Mr. Yellow says this feels like a long story about ice melting. Correct. But, but so how long did it take for the, the ice to melt? So it didn't. I got back and it worked perfectly. And that was the conclusion of the story. But everybody was betting against me that the popsicles were going to make it back. They didn't think that there was any chance. I had to explain to them how ice works and that when you put it inside an insulated bag, it survives a, d a decent amount of time. And here, okay, he's pulling up the picture. 
here is the picture of three of the popsicles, one of them eaten. <laughs> was this before or after? After. Wow, those those have some good structure to them still. Well done. They, it they was made surprising. it back about 15 minutes in in 80 plus degree weather. I'd say 85 degrees. He put and, them in uh, his, it came uh, back. You were stuffing them in your man purse, which you recently upgraded to. Um, so he was just from a fanny pack for my bike rides. I upgraded from fanny pack to man purse. What's, and let me what's tell it you, look like? Is it like a satchel? It's style? a sling. Yeah, it's a sling. Okay. It's a it's a nice sling. Okay. Um, they don't sell it as a uh, as a man purse. Um, it, it's just called a sling if you're interested in it. And uh, the not Belroy, maybe oh, it is Belroy. The uh, kind of looks like this. sling. Uh, Zach Galifianakis from Hangover. Oh. Just picture no. that. Oh. Of, uh, that's this basically is, what Nick looked like setup. yesterday at the uh, at the event. Just so you know. Okay, that's not what it is. If you're wondering, it's the uh, uh, Belroy sling is what I got going on here, um, and uh, it's pretty nice. I would say, and it's pretty sizable. You know, it's not it's not a uh, it's not a tiny one. But uh, it's not big either. So, you know, it's nice. It's a nice balance here. Um, you did look good. You did a... look good. Um, but anyways, guys, we're going to go ahead and get started with the show. Uh, by no, the way, let's not get started, Clemente. I'd like to talk about the slit. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Uh, Signal, whenever you're ready, please take it away with the weather report. Yeah, Nick, I'm just really super proud of you that the fact that you have a handbag and the first thing you do is shove ice popsicles in it. You do you, though. You do you. <laughs> wrapped in wax paper, but as I was biking, I was like, if this melts, this is going to end up bad. <laughs> this is going to be a bad situation. Anyway, guys, it is popsicle season. It is August the 22nd, Tuesday. Hope you it is sunny where you are. Market volume coming in at 14.3 million blurs still with the majority share at 7.2, open C at 3.6. On to leaders, hasn't been much change. Still like down in those funky numbers. Ape sitting at 24. Punks just below 50 at 48. Mutants are still high at 4.6. Captains and D-Gods neck and neck at 3.7. Uh, Azuki holding on to 3.4. The dip keeps dipping. And Pudgy Penguins just shy of that four ETH wall at 3.7. Uh, oh, sorry. Can't forget Miladies. Miladies at 4.5. Uh, just, just chasing mutants down to flip them again. Over the past 24 hours, Opepin set 12 uh, Kairos debuted yesterday. It's currently at 0.9 ETH floor, becoming the lowest floor reve revealed on the Opepin set. Uh, it's just trading uh, about 0.3 ETH above the unrevealed Opepins. We've also got set 13 going live uh, around 11 a.m. Eastern Day and set 14 will release tomorrow. So we're seeing a faster pace. Let's see how demand holds up on Jack Butcher. Uh, series as he ramps up. On to Frentech. Well, Frentech made waves yesterday after several news outlets reported that there was a database leak of over 100,000 Frentech accounts. Uh, turns out, actually, it was just a simple uh, data scrape. Meanwhile, it has done over 1.7 million transactions on the platform with no signs of slowing down yet. Uh, yesterday, a tweet went viral pointing out that Azuki took in over 40 million for the Elementals drop, but resulted in a market cap loss of over 250 million for the Azuki ecosystem, leaving many questions on the future of Azuki as a floor price approaches levels not seen since mint day uh, back in January 2022. And lastly, artist uh, Sam Spratt's 256 player edition sold out in, in 123 seconds. So, 
for the people who want minutes. That's two minutes at 3.3 ETH price. Uh, and the leading bid for the Monument game currently stands at 120 ETH. Wow. Ending at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. Damn, look so congratulations at that to Sam for an absolute, as you know, astronomical sellout. It is back to you folks in the studio. Amazing. Thank you, Sam. painting is uh, incredible. It's a beauty. And guess what? We're having Sam join us on Thursday. Uh, he's going to be a special guest on the show. We're super excited for that. Uh, you can set your reminders up uh, at the, the tweet is pinned up at the top. It's the third pin tweet. And Nick agreed to do a challenge that for every reminder you set, that is one push-up he's going to be doing on Thursday. Didn't agree to that. Um, you I did. did not agree to that. We talked did, about it yesterday. You did. did agree, actually. It's um, on our Google calendar, too. You set a reminder. So set your reminders, guys, if you want to see Nick do some push-ups. We're going to get this guy just absolutely ripped. We're super excited for it. Um, anyways, uh, some updates from... How many reminders are set right now? Well, I just tweeted it, so uh, I don't know, six. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I'll do six push-ups. Well, until so we have two more days to push it and i'm going to push it like there's no tomorrow um anyway some updates from the nifty daily digest uh, i'm going to try to do the dual screen sharing for the youtube folks and read them out at the same time uh, let's see how it goes anyways following their announcements on making creator royalties optional OpenSea reveal plans to add a 0.5% platform fee on all OpenSea listings and offers created on OpenSea Pro starting on August 31st. Uh, they cited the changes necessary to prevent inorganic volume and keep data as accurate as possible. I don't know about that one, but people weren't too happy about it. Uh, second story, like Signal touched on briefly on the Frentech uh, front, Asset Dash, a portfolio tracking tool, released a Frentech uh, leaderboard that shows the top 1,000 creators sorted by share price, market cap, and volume. You can see Kobe cheese uh, is a share price of 2.5 ETH, and you can sort by whatever you'd like to do. Um, and lastly, this I thought was pretty interesting. Azuki announced a partnership with Super Bowl champion uh, Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes featuring a holders-only raffle for a chance to win a one-of-one -one Ikuzo uh, Mahomes card. It's a physical, looks like a grail piece uh, and a chance to redeem a limited edition scorching sidearm pass physical card. You also had Patrick Mahomes tweeting it out, uh, and he tagged Azuki. Uh, that was pretty cool to see. Uh, 300,000 impressions, uh, so some continued partnerships there. Uh, cool to see that out. Uh, Nick, anything that catches your eye? If not, we can uh, move on to what I had planned for the show. That was... Uh... Well, so they launched this partnership, and then the floor price just dropped more. I don't know if it's fully like technically a partnership. Museum of Mahomes is an upcoming NFT project that's launching uh, like a digital experience. So it's going to be slabbed cards by SGC, which is a up and coming card like grading thing. But this is all backed by Mahomes as well. So all the money that's being raised by this is going to a charity of his choice. He's got a team managing it, and then there's a lot of signature and autograph cards in this. I think Got it's relatively it. expensive, though. I think it's like a five hundred dollar mint, um, but I guess it's it's leaning more towards like the card collector style versus true NFT market. So I'm excited to see how it plays out. Um, okay, so that's not a partnership, and 
their floor price just continues to uh, implode. Someone said the devil's bargain. Azuki took $40 million in exchange, lost $250 million in market value. I like that math, but the only math that Azuki cares about is that they just made $40 million more dollars. Like that. Their bottom line went up regardless of market cap going down. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is crazy how low it's gone. Like, I don't know why. What's happened in the past week that's been the catalyst for this uh, additional? Some of the largest blur farmers have stopped farming. Um, so now, like, bid walls are really, really thin. If you look across basically anywhere, all major collections have sold off very hard. You look at Bored Apes, they're down to 24. Uh, Timas, popular ape who shills absolute garbage just sold his ape yesterday and now it's uh, in the hands of machi so that that got moved um he, he waited for the floor price to hit a local peak i guess <laughs> <laughs> so just yesterday he had it listed for 30 which last week would have been a, an instant sell but instead he waited till this week to sell it just barely over and he actually lost a potential extra eth because the guy who bought it from tmos sold it to machi for 28 so talk about just an uh -huh. excellent trading course live in real time um, whenever Bunny sells his ape, the bottom's in. That's when I'll, I'll buy one. That's when we'll, we'll rock he's, one. He's got a party hat bu uh, bubblegum combo. That used to be – did he just floor it? Dude, they're all floors. <laughs> like, it was like three or four <laughs> ETH over – I think it was like three or four ETH over the floor. The party hat bubblegum combo used to be – those are some of the rarest ones, no? My guy, I don't know if you've seen what happened to the NFT market, but rarity it does not matter so much. <laughs> My guy. Well, I'm, I'm glad. I, I feel like I started uh, the uh, flooring uh, any mid-ranges uh, early on when I sold my uh, VR, or sorry, my first ape. When you I sold your it. floor? <laughs> Wasn't a floor. It was mid range. Okay, I like it was operating an in the mid range. Mid that he got you know what? For Spencer, actually, like looking back on this now, Nick, why did you sell your ape and at what price? Because things were still pretty good back there. The skies were clear. Like it wasn't. It wasn't the worst. It wasn't the worst of times. It wasn't the most. You know, the, the first ape was over two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and that was uh, for tax. Um, I got that tax free, so that was the reason that I did that. There was no taxes paid. And I was shutting down a business entity that I owned that I had losses on. So that's why I ended up doing that. And so I ended up uh, pretty well from that sale. The second ape I sold uh, for 95000 And I was pissed because it actually pumped up to one thirty thousand, twenty thousand the next day. You yelled at me for two straight days. Okay. Still want to okay. yell at me I now, Nick? It, it was, I wasn't yelling at you. I was yelling about <laughs> it. Um Actually, this says that it was one hundred ten thousand. Yeah, it was. It made about another ten you know, grand. They went up to one twenty. Uh, the the open sea numbers are always based on the current price of. Oh, okay. So yeah, at that price, it was ninety. It was ninety five k. And uh, why did I sell it? It just felt like this was. I basically I had set, I did the play that I said. I said this is the last drop. I got to get out of here. The price started going down. And I was like, you got to have conviction in your statement. And I sold it basically. And that, and that was, that was the main uh, thing. The price was dropping also, but uh, I had said that there would be one more drop after, was it after other deed or before? 
Our, this our, is way after other deed. This was oh, after the yeah, it was around Legends the of uh, sword pass time. Now the yeah, sword, sword, sword pass. pass. Yeah. The what? The sewer pass, pass for Doogie. Sewer pass. Got it. Uh, I no, 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 no. Uh, sewer pass was the um that was around the time of mutants. No. What? Sewer passes, <laughs> dude, are you good? Sewer passes came out like three months ago. These things dropped like May, June, and you sold this like a few weeks after Sewer Passes finished Dookie Dash game, and then they had the stage. Oh, you're right. You're right. right sorry, after heavy sorry. metal. You know what's crazy is if you I've, sold the top of Tier Four Sewer Passes, you could basically buy two mutants right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, so the Sewer Pass—that's what it was. That was the last thing I was hoping for. And for most people, that was a 1.5 ETH, right? Wasn't it somewhere in that range, like 1.5 The lowest ETH? tier one, yeah, was like right around there. Was uh, I think it, I, I think they actually got up to three at their and, peak for the the most floor one before like tailing off at the end of Dookie Dash. So after I saw that, I was just like, dude, this is like this is not good, and uh, there's no more dividends coming. So that's what I was holding for, and then it was gone, and so I just sold it. I mean, that was the real motivator there. <laughs> Joke on you! Now you're gonna, now you're gonna miss the rec league claim. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> you can get it under press right now I, if you I really want to go crazy. I can go buy it. Uh, the real question is, what on OpenSea is gonna stay above one ETH? You know, in the future, who's going That's... to use OpenSea is the real thing. You just saw what they posted. Yeah. They got rid of royalties, but they're putting a zero point five percent OpenSea fee. Like, talk about being just absolutely tone deaf. You just got absolutely cooked for eliminating royalties so late. And now you're like, we understand. Screw the creator. We want our fee. We're going to make sure we get our half a percent. You're going to still use us. It's, it's a death sentence for him. You saw Yuga leaving. If you this pull that mic right here, you're going to get, be get better out. Is that better? Uh, well, now that's really close, but maybe. Yeah, there we go. Is that better? That's what yeah. I'm saying here. That's the thing is I think we're going to see more NFT projects go to their own marketplaces and try to do some level of this. This was a statement I, I even recall making this a while back where I was like, games are going to do this. Like, was it going to shock me if we see Parallel launch their own marketplace? Not at all. And now we're going to see Yuga do the same. Yuga's launching a bunch of gaming stuff. This is not going to be surprising at all because they're going to just try to get more volume on their markets with some level of royalty. And OpenSea now just being completely tone deaf is like, we want half a percent no royalties, good luck. No one's going to use them. It's all going to shift to Blur or in-house marketplaces. Uh, Spencer, a... I, I do want to get Spencer's yeah. take real quick, Nick. Um, we were talking to Machi yesterday, uh, Spencer, and he was basically saying that from a Blur farming point of view, right now is actually one of the better opportunities you're going to get uh, because there's such little competition from a farming point of view. What's your take on, on Blur's current status? Are you still looking to... A farm the blur token. What's your take there? So real quick, Clemente, it's not it's not Machi Big Brother. It's Jeffrey Wong, as uh, Pio called him, straight out the gate. Pio just oh. we just <laughs> okay. starts. Yeah. Anyways, Pio starts the interview with literally like, and today we have on the show Jeffrey Wong, which like nobody knows him as in this space. Anyways, I thought it was pretty funny. Go, go. Sorry, go, go ahead. Uh, I'm sure you had to be there, Nick. I'm sorry, sure sorry. it was funnier than the retelling. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, here, here's the thing, right? Like, here's what's going on with with Blur in general is like 
the fewer people are blur bid farming, the more points you get for bid farming. That being said, if nobody's bid farming and you are the one bid farmer, you are much more susceptible to getting like obscenely large dumps dumped on your head, right? And so this is why, like, for example, if you look right now, the collection that actually has been hit the hardest with like lack of liquidity, it's not Azuki. It Azuki still has like a hundred and 10 bids within like a little bit of its floor. The collection that has no bids <laughs> was Bored Apes, right? The, in Within a couple of ETH of floor. So, okay, that's the bid depth on Azuki. You have like literally like 200 within like 0.01 of floor. For Bored Apes, to get wow. to like 100 units of buy pressure, you have to, there isn't even 100. Maybe there's a total 100 units of buy pressure. You go down like seven ETH from the floor, right? And why is this? Because if you go to Machi's wallet, he has 120 board apes, right? And so, like, that's why, like, okay, yeah, bid farming in general is probably pretty good. And you get more points than ever for bidding on board apes. But you're also risking the Machi dump, right? Because right now, like, and this is where, like, most of the bid farmers are just doing the math. It's just not worth it. The other problem, too, with bid farming for Blur is, I don't know if you've seen the price of Blur recently, but I don't, and Clemente, I don't know if you can pull up the the the, the like token price for pull Blur. it up, Clemente. Let's get it on the screen. Let's okay? get. But like, this is the challenge: is Blur's been real down, kind of down only, you might say. And there was a really big capitulation event a couple days ago where it dipped under twenty cents for the first wow. time. Wow! And so, like, this is the real story of Blur bid farming, right? Is when you're bid farming, you're doing math. You're saying, okay, I'm likely going to lose money as a function of time. Now that's okay if my bid points offset it, and you can look. It's not 100. There, so there's more accurate ways to do this, but the rough and back of the napkin way to do this, if you go to the airdrop tab on Blur, you just copy everything into a spreadsheet, you do a sum, you can see roughly how many points there are out there, right? It's not complete because not everyone's listed. There are people who have fallen off the leaderboards, et cetera. But like, this is a rough estimate. And you can do some math around, okay, you know, I think this maybe goes through the end of the year. I'm going to earn this many points. We know how many tokens are getting distributed. So here's kind of my expected value. And like, you know, high side, low side, you can do some math, right? Well, when it goes from 30 cents to 20 cents, this is like a huge change because this is a 30% decrease in expected value. And you got to think too, whenever they announce, and, and, and look, maybe I'm wrong here, but I think whenever they announce when the second airdrop is, I think we see a bigger sell-off in the token. Why? Because there's just so many more tokens coming. And this is the thing that's like really interesting about Blur though, is like the number of very large funds that I've talked to that are interested in buying buying Blur at some point is very high. The number of those funds that want to buy it before this giant unlock of the second airdrop is very low. So there is even a chance that it goes up significantly after that airdrop, but here's the flip side. is like you have all of these farmers that have lost all of this ETH. Many of them will have to sell their Blur almost immediately just to recoup losses, right? Like they're just down so much. And so this is where like Blur bid farming is in many ways like, the like, dumbest fucking thing ever. Well, it's less dumb than it's been in a while, but it's also kind of more dangerous, right? Like you can like you can lose your shirt pretty easily. I would say like, but this is the thing that's good is like, okay, you have to think the people who are putting the top bid on ape, right? There's one bid is someone who maybe actually wants to own the ape for the, which is true for the first time in a very long time. The top bid on NFT collections, like, and this is bullish, right? Like if. Blur just bleeds out all of these people who are like LARPing as market makers who are just losing money. Like, this is the thing, right? Everyone's like, oh, Blur ruined NFTs by incentivizing this shit. No, they didn't, right? If they incentivize this shit, these people will be profitable for doing this. Instead, they have 
obscene amounts of losses that aren't going to be offset by Blur because Blur wasn't meant to offset your losses from being bad at market making, right? And so like now this is more of what it's always should have been, which is like, if you want to buy a collection, bid on Blur because you're going to get some points because the point distributions are pretty good right now. But you also may get your NFT. Great. If you want the NFT, right? If you don't want the NFT, just like bid farming for the sake of bid farming. I mean, I don't know, like, this is like leaving that popsicle in your backpack for like a month and then be like, oh, no, why is my man purse like suddenly all sticky? Like, what did you think was going to happen? Well, I would never leave a popsicle in my man purse for a month, Spencer. So let's it's also insulated, there. bro. Like, uh, well, there, I don't even know if it's insulated. It just feels insulated when you put your hand in there and it's cold. You're like, this must be insulated. And there's there's some there's some density, density to the bag, but it's not like true insulation. The the thing that I was going to say, uh, Clemente, is this blur chart basically, and I think uh, Spencer hit the nail on the head here, which is this blur chart is basically the uh, price is like literally the chart of NFT prices. And uh, I don't know if uh, uh, Easy wants to do the uh, technical analysis on this real quick. Yeah, it's pretty um, easy. The, uh, you the, see the zero at the bottom? Um, that's where I think we're heading. That's where it's headed. Yeah. So, uh, in terms of, uh, this drop, this is not good. The other thing, uh, Spencer, as you were saying, which I think is spot on. And this is what I was discussing, discussing with Machi, um, uh, yesterday. I was like, why would anybody be aiming for blur right now when there's going to, when, uh, you're just trying to dump on them. So that, that was basically the, the main but question. So, so here's the thing, though, is like, so, uh, Clemente, can you pull that back up and go to market cap? Versus... Here, I got, I, well, Clemente removed me from, from the thing. Let me, let me take care of it, because I do a better job with uh, you don't this. Do okay, well, so, so here's the thing, right? Is, you know, we just talked about, like, the, the obscene fumbles that OpenSea is making. I think this royalty thing is the final nail, nail in their coffin, right? Like, and and I'm, I'm, I'm clearly not the only one who thinks this, right? Because for Yuga Labs to like publicly getting a spat with OpenSea is like no small thing, right? Like that's a last resort for them. That's not something that's like they're doing off the hip. They have the same lead investors, right? Like like these are companies that should be incredibly aligned. So for them to be like, hey, we're going to block OpenSea is a huge nail in the coffin for OpenSea. Like Yuga Labs assets are a huge percent of all volume on all marketplaces. Like the, his, like, the historic fumble of OpenSea is insane. Now, if we go to market cap, $190 million market cap. You know, now think about Sorry, what that what? is. Fully well, diluted what's fully is diluted? 633, yeah. $633 million. For, let's, now, I'm just assuming, right, that Blur is, is going to sustain and flip OpenSea, right? OpenSea raised at like a $12 billion valuation in the last market for equity, which usually trades under coins. So the idea that like Blur is going to zero, I think is like bubkiss. Like I think this is, this is not happening, right? And very likely, even if you aped right now, like blur over a into the next market time horizon is probably one of the best, if not easily the best trade in NFTs. And here's why. Because the big question for NFTs overall is, are the NFTs today? Like, okay, I think if you're in this market, you believe there's a resurgence in the next market, right? Now, is that happening because the NFTs today come back? Or is that happening because new NFTs come out that do very well, right? This is the big question. And I think a lot of people are going to say, hey, like a lot of the shit that we trade today is just never coming back. But you know what doesn't have exposure to which one of those outcomes happens? Blur. Bodagos. Blur is... Oh, blur. <laughs> Bodagos, <laughs> but blur, right? Like, 
Fleur both is. Both start with B. Both start with B. I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. Connection confirmed. But okay. But like, if you're just betting on NFT volumes coming back, regardless of what product it is, like the Blur token is an asset that like is a reasonable to speculate on, and it's and it's not crazy high priced, right? Like, it's, I know six hundred million dollar fully diluted market cap feels high to a lot of people. What's the eight like, market cap? The eight market cap fully diluted, I think, is still over a billion. One point right? five billion. Yeah. One point five billion. Like, like. You know, and you have to look at like any other exchange. Look at the, you know, Uniswap market cap, right? Like, like for an exchange to have a high market cap, you know, this is not unreasonable, right? And so, you know, now the counter argument you might say, well, blur, blah, 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 maybe it goes away, et cetera, et cetera. But I just don't think that's the case. And I think the biggest benefit that Blur has going for it is that the mistakes made by its competitors are just so egregious that it really doesn't have to do much. Um, other than what it's already doing. And like this is the crazy thing too, is like what OpenSea could have done is OpenSea could have been the creator-friendly marketplace, right? Like OpenSea could have gotten people to block Blur, could have gotten people to rally behind them. That's originally the positioning was, okay, Blur is this terrible thing with you know ruining royalties, right? But like lo and behold, now Blur suddenly these these roles are flipped. Like like OpenSea became the bad guy without Blur having to do anything. And that's that's the crazy, crazy thing that happened here, right? And so you know, I, I don't think it's like out for the count with this token. As a matter of fact, I think one of the best trades in the next six months will be buying Blur at some point around the next airdrop, right? I that's This is what I'm looking at. We're farming a little bit of points, but like literally market buying Blur. I think the big question that you should be asking yourself if you're looking at Blur is do I market buy it on announcement of the second airdrop or following the second airdrop, right? And that question is, how many people do you think are waiting with lots of money to buy Blur after the second airdrop? It's 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 certainly non-zero, right? Like, and how many people do you think are really forced sellers of Blur after that airdrop? I think it's a good number, but like, I think we see easy, large swings after that second airdrop, and people really, really, really like. I have just seen very little discourse around like what happens to Blur after because it just seems like a good asset. Well. Uh, hopefully there's at least $634 million worth of buys on uh, Blur because that's, that's what their market cap is. Um, I don't know what, uh, you know, that's not a, an accurate assessment, but um, I, I also feel like if the, if the coin is dumping, Spencer, I would actually buy it. Like uh, you, ex right now everyone expects the price to go down. And I think that causes the price to go down. Yeah. So part of me actually thinks that you may want to buy it before uh, the the anticipated buys go down. I mean, at some point, you, you got to make a trade, which is like, do I think an NFT market is going to be worth a uh, billion dollars? And the answer to that is yes. What's interesting is ApeCoin was the previous proxy to the NFT market. And uh, was the way that I viewed it when it came out because there was no other token that existed right. around NFTs. Blur's now probably a more accurate assessment. That said, uh, Blur to me represents um, oh, a, a sub-segment of the NFT market of the future, which is those which are actively trading NFTs, which in this case were quite expensive. Like people that were willing to place bids in the tens of thousands of dollars range on NFTs, that's a very small market to begin with. Even in a bull market, 
it, it's it's limited the number of people that are willing to spend that much money. And so that's the thing that I sort of um, wonder about is like, but like, so this is, I, I've heard you say this before, and I don't necessarily agree with this argument, right? Like, I think this is true if you think about NFTs as purely collector's items. But if you think about NFTs as like proxies for ownership of companies, then like the market caps of NFTs didn't say that when you, <laughs> the, the market caps for NFTs is like maybe like something like a financial asset, right? Like, like aren't that crazy high when they're at tens of thousands of dollars floor, right? Like this is the whole argument is like, if you look at the top market capped coins in the coin ecosystem, mm-hmm. and then you compare that to the top market, like there are random coins with like $10 billion market caps, right? Like, you don't have to be that successful of a company to have a coin with a really high market cap. Now, NFTs, this used to be true that they were trading at like top NFT projects were like a quarter of the market cap of top coins, right? Like that's yeah. that said, you can buy fractions of a coin, which does make the liquidity a lot more uh, or, yeah. or a lot better. So like 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 there are reasons that there are like higher liquidity. I don't think we'll ever see like NFTs have the same market cap of coins, but like you know, within the scope of crypto market caps, like NFT market caps are incredibly low right now relative to coin market caps, right? And so you might say, okay, well, maybe in the future we'll have greater supply of NFTs. Maybe they'll trade more similar to a fungible token. But like, you know, I'll I'll always make this argument that I think like floor price of NFTs is noise and you should just be looking at market caps. I like that. Well, Spencer, on that note, uh, we've had uh, two, like two, NFT collections that I can think of that fit that kind of narrative that you're talking about where they could potentially drop a token. Well, pretty much three. We have yeah. Oni Force, we have Grapes, and I don't know I don't know if we've talked to you about that one before, and we have Captains. I'm curious out of those three because yeah. those three have seen significant bleeding in the last 30 days. Grapes has actually been pretty strong, but those other two, I'm curious out of those three what your takes are and potentially making them a buy right now. Yeah, so I, I mean, I haven't looked into grapes too deeply. You guys know I have a pretty significant Oni Force bag. I think the most imminent one is pretty obviously um, is pretty obviously uh, captains, right? Like there is some point at which you know, and, and this is the thing, right? And and this is Clement, you bring up a good point. And I want to explicitly connect this. Is like, okay, let's say your average like coin, even your average shitcoin market cap is higher than an NFT market cap. If that spread gets too big, then there's this huge incentive for like NFTs to just launch coins, right? And so They'll do an airdrop, they'll do some sort of staking to yield, like whatever it is, but tying your NFT price to a coin can pull you up into the NF, in, into the coin market caps, right? And so this is where something like, okay, let's let's just do some back of the envelope math on meme coin, dollar sign meme. Uh, the NFT, I, you know, I, I got to rerun the math. It's something like 100 to $150 million market cap for all the meme land NFTs, right? Now, you know, Harry Potter, Sonic, Obama, 10 Inu, like dollar sign Bitcoin has $190 million market cap, right? Now, your NFTs aren't going to get the full share of that airdrop. But let's say that, you know, day one, usually it's mostly the NFTs that get it. They're doing a fire sale too. So there's some calculation of like what you think the value of the fire sale assets are. But I'm going to say reasonably. And and this is like, you know, there's some assumptions here. I think it's pretty reasonable to think that Ray is going to be able to get a market maker. It's like, you know, GSR, Winter Mute, one of the big ones, right? That's what most of the coins do. This is why coins have this higher market cap is because they have real market makers, not LARPing market makers on Blur, but real market makers that market make these coins. So you got a market maker and then you get an exchange listing. For Ray, it basically, I think, has to be Binance, right? Like they're an Asian company. 
it's kind of hard to get listed on Coinbase, but they're going to get listed on Binance. They get those two things. Now, day one circulating supply is probably mostly going to be NFT holders that get it. Now, in that context, what do you think the day one circulating supply of meme coin is? And let's say they you know, drop like 25% of what you're capping what ultimately get on the first day. Well, I'm going to say there's no way that that is less than like, I don't know, $50 million, the circulating supply, right? Right, And all it takes to get to a $50 million market cap is like one to $5 million of buys, right? And so, okay, if it's $50 million circulating supply, then that day, the unairdrop part, the part that the, that the captains and them will probably accrue is probably like, call it like, like 75% of the, or 70, we'll call it, so it's 25, we'll call it 75% of the total supply that captain will ultimately get gets airdropped later, right? Mm-hmm. And so let's say $50 million for the circulating supply plus 3x, um, you know, for the value of the tokens in the NFT puts it like 200 million, right? But as we've seen with like other meme coins, like, you know, Pepe ran to three bill. Like, it's not crazy to think that that number isn't 200 million. It's three billion, right? And or three billion maybe is high, but like, let's say a billion, right? So that's like a four or five X on whatever the price is now. And, you know, look, again, this is some pretty rough math here that I'm doing. And, and it certainly may not play out that way. But like, if you're thinking, what are some really positive potential catalysts? Like, that just seems like an obvious one to me because of, how like meme coins are generally priced. And I actually think dollar sign meme is a pretty good one, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, well, and it feels like, well, when you look at like Azuki and D gods, right? Both pretty much bled. They all bled pretty hard in the last 60 days. In addition to captains, when I look at captains, I'm like, okay, what, what was it that caused the bleeding? Because D gods and Azuki was like, they clearly fumbled something. When I look at captains, it was okay. Maybe they delayed like people expected the meme coin to drop sooner rather than later and the smart PFP didn't live up to expectations. But other than that, do you feel like a drop from 10 ETH all the way down to 3.6 is to me that I mean again, not financial advice, but it screams like a potential buy here when I compare it to potential catalysts uh, compared to like D gods and Azuki and Pudgy Penguin. Well, look, I mean, this is my view on what happening in the NFT space right now is the whole space is just repricing to there not being a mid tier, right? Like there used to be, okay, you had like apes at 30, you had like Azuki at 15, you had captains and Diods at nine or 10, right? Mm-hmm. When Azuki went from 15 down to like four, okay, well suddenly like the question is pre- pre- previously it was like, okay, uh, Diods and meme land could be the next Azuki, right? And maybe even the next eight, but probably more the next Azuki. And so at nine, that was them knocking on the door of the 15 ETH price, right? Okay, well, Azuki falls off. Then you have a missed delivery from, um, from, 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 from Diods from Dust Labs, right? So right. they fall down too. And now you've got captains. Like, of course, they're also going to fall because, and now you've got, okay, apes at 30. And the next, the second highest collection is like four ETH. Of course, apes go down, right? Because like, okay, you know, the ratio of them to the second highest project hasn't changed. It's actually gone up, right? But like when you lose the mid tier, it pulls the top tier down and it consolidates the rest of the NFTs there. And I, I don't think that a lot of people are doing the math around like expected value of coin airdrops. But I also, you know, you said like it's not a big deal. 
think it is a big deal that they missed like there's a lot of expectations that the airdrop for 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 dollar sign meme was going to be last month and missing expectations is yeah. is not a great thing the reason that i think like like the, the reason i think that meme land potentially has a recovery arc is because okay they missed something but like at the end of the day there's still a token coming it seems pretty soon right if they launch in the next like month or two like it's probably fine in my view um but like whereas okay you know this has always been the challenge of d gods d gods already has their token out right points parlor is cool but it's just not like cool enough and so what are the upcoming positive catalysts for d gods what are the upcoming positive catalysts for azuki i just don't know like i don't and i think this is the thing too where like both of those collections had big announcements they hyped them up and they just sold off really hard afterwards and i think the mistake that those founders are making right now is that I think both of them look at this and they say, okay, we hyped something up, we made a big announcement, and bad things happened. Therefore, we should not build towards new announcements, right? And this is why you see basically silence from both groups on what's going on, because they're indexing, okay, our mistake was making an announcement in this market. I don't think that's right. I think their mistake was the announcement they made was bad, right? Like, I think that they made mistakes with what they did. And that's where I think some of you, like, you see these founders saying, no, 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 my mistake was the communication, not the decision. But in my view, the mistake for both those projects was the decision, not the communication, right? Mm. And so that's where like, you know, again, this is why I think it's it's just like a fundamentally different thing between meme land and those. Now, again, like you have people like Beanie, who is in general, like a very good NFT like a trader coming out and saying he really doesn't like meme land, right? And I think that they're, the biggest risks to meme land is that Ray doesn't find a good market maker and or doesn't get listed on Binance. If, if, either, if, if it's not true that exactly both of those things happen, like the none of the math I say happens and this, this shit goes to like zero, right? That's like the real risk. <clears throat> so Spencer, well, like, I mean, right now it feels like we're seeing like lower, uh, lower highs and just lower lows and the whole like buying and sort of buying PFPs right now, it feels like a bit like catching a falling knife. Um, you like, you, you think we like, you would never think you would see Azuki at the prices that it is today, but somehow it keeps going lower. And that, and that is a signal across all of these different collections uh, at the moment. Like, wh what are you looking at as a sign of this? Is, this could be like potentially the bottom now. Like, well, what, so like, what here, indicators do you look at? Here's the, here's the thing, right? Like, you know, it, it's really hard overall to think of what the catalyst is for the NFT market to stop just like bleeding, right? It's been bleeding, we've losing people. And the, the thing is it compounds itself, right? The more people carrying realized and unrealized losses, the less traders there are because the worse the vibes are. And, you know, it, it's, it would take a miracle for the average NFT trader to not be sitting on huge losses, like in any recent time. And I think I tweeted this out the other day that like, my view is, I think we just need a lot of attrition from the market and, we, and then we need new entrants. We need a couple of crops of new entrants to come in and we just need a couple of big wins, right? Like when was the last time like a large group of people made a lot of money in the NFT space? You might say it was like when D gods bridged, right? Um, like it might say a couple of other things. Everyone's absorbed with friend tech right now because friend tech is like something different and people are for the first time in a while just making money, right? Like, 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 like people in crypto, like enjoy the dopamine hits. And so I think that it's a bleak path ahead. Now the, the counter argument to that and, and like, until like there's an influx of new and interesting stuff that come in. And I think we're entering a phase in the market and this happens all the time where like everyone's so skeptical that like something has to run, right? Because everyone's yeah. so, so, so skeptical. 
that they're going to, and, and they're just going to miss the next thing because they're gonna be like, ah, like NFTs are dead. And like, it always happens that something, something has some stupidly crazy run when everyone's like at like their most, but I'm not convinced it's one of these existing things, right? Like it might like, you know, what have we seen run? It's like Miladies and Sproto gremlins, right? Like the flight right now is from execution to non-execution. And that's because execution risk has been, has been like not so great, right? But that being said, here's here's a counter argument, right? A lot of people have said, okay, and, and this is something that took me a while to come around to, but I'll agree with, right? Like Blur's increased bid depth meant that like people with large positions could exit their large positions very quickly, right? And so there were people who like may never have sold, right? You think of like OSF and Mando, who I'm not convinced would have sold their apes in the bear market, except for they got this golden opportunity to do so, right? And so because there was bid depth, it incre- increased more buyers. Well, we just talked about how like there's already starting to be like blur bidders quitting. Like, like if the if the bid depth goes down enough, maybe we go back to that old environment. And I think people are so accustomed to like to like this high liquidity environment, the low liquidity environment may not actually it's not obvious to me that that's bad for floor prices, right? Like if NFTs going back to being less liquid, we see fewer of these like huge dumps, there's less of this noise. Because the other thing I'll say too is I know a lot of people that are like, I feel like NFTs are unbuyable until the second blur airdrop. When the second blur airdrop happens, that's when we see all the bid depth go away. That's when we see all the farmers dump all their supply and hopefully just exit, right? And after that, after all, like from those ashes, we will look to build positions, right? That's a pretty common sentiment among investors. And as we said with blur token itself, like it may be that enough people are thinking that way that it like doesn't really happen. And, you know, this is where I look at, okay, what, what is the one collection that just hasn't moved at all is punks, right? Like it's actually crazy to me that punks haven't moved more given the movement in ape prices, right? Like the ratio of punk price to ape price is crazy right now compared to what it's been historically. And so, you know, like, and I think of like, what's the difference in punk holders versus ape holders is like the demographic holding punks. Like it's again, this lower execution risk, but it's often like, just like, more relaxed, longer term money. And that's where we haven't seen enter the space in a while was like, outside of like flooring labs and pimp capital, like it used to be a lot more common. People came in with like, you know, a million, two million bucks and just bought a bunch of shit. And like, we're like, oh, I have an NFT position now. Like that's a, that's a big thing that used to have in the space. And like, it really doesn't take that many of those people to come in and move the market a lot, especially in a low liquidity environment. Right. But those are the people that are most not coming in right now, because if you're just like casually observe, okay, let's, let's Put on this hat. And this is going to sound crazy for a second, but just bear with me. Let's say you have like $500 million that you invest in crypto, right? There's more people than you think that have this, right? And you're like, ah, I want to toss like one to two mil into some NFTs. And you go to your buddy who trades NFTs and you're like, hey, is now a good time to toss in some NFTs? You're, I'm sure many of you listening on this show are that buddy. Maybe not to someone of that size, but to like someone, right? And you tell them, yeah, I think today is the day to buy. And it's before the second blur airdrop. I don't know. Is that the right answer? Like, it's not obvious to maybe, right? And I think maybe is now a time to start nibbling. But like, it feels really hard to buy NFTs before the second blur airdrop. Now, that being said, after the second blur airdrop, there may be all these people with liquidity waiting on the sidelines to buy stuff. There may also just not be, right? Like, that may just be hopium. But I think that's kind of where I view this market at right now and where it's going. And, and the truth is, like, if these come back, like, like, you know, this is capitulation, right? And this is the beginning of it. And, you know, we'll just have to see. Yeah. And I mean, I, I feel like what, what you were saying, basically where NFTs feel unbuyable. I have felt that I, I consider myself a low end kind of consumer 
like, like I just like to buy stuff, hold it for a few weeks, a month, whatever. Everything that I've bought is like you buy it and you just see it get dumped on. The it's hard to signal like what's real versus what's not, other than crypto punks and Utes. Like when I look at Utes on OpenSea, I that feels like real volume. You see like fifteen to twenty five sales per day when it's not obviously not considering what we experienced last week. That to me feels real. I like that, but then they're gonna get potentially um um when they move to ETH, that that's gonna um, end soon. Anyways, real quick, Spencer on Ape, I want to touch on this real quick. Do you feel like there's a realistic chance that by the end of the year, Yuga Labs drops a marketplace that's powered by Ape? And B, will that be only Yuga Labs centric, or will it also include other collections? I'm just curious your your take there. Well, A, it already exists, so ApeCoin DAO has a marketplace they made that's only a tradable in ApeCoin. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, right? Like, I think Yuga Labs may make a marketplace, right? Like, <laughs> this is one of the funniest things to me is like, looking back on this, the CryptoPunks founders like got this shit right. <laughs> they made a contract that was only tradable on their own marketplace and had no royalties, right? And like, this is one of the things that's funny in the, in the, in the punk community is punks have always been like, what the fuck is everybody else doing, right? Like, you've got this like crazy whack marketplace that like doesn't work. And like all these fees. So like, you know, collection centric marketplaces may exist. Now, I'm a little bit skeptical that they are going to do their own. There may be another marketplace that comes out that they support. But just from a legal risk perspective, right? Like there's a lot of distinct risks between running a project and like a marketplace. And if you have your own marketplace, like that promise future value, like it would shock me if Yuga Labs has like Yuga Mart or something. It would not shock me if Yuga Labs works with an upcoming thing to launch a new market right that that's that's the distinction there and like honestly like if the only place you can trade board apes is an ape coin like uh, that sounds bad right like there's just more money in ETH than there is an ape coin like people would freak out that's a huge change so i don't think we see like apes become only tradable in ape coin you also have to get people to migrate the contract there's just a lot of reasons that what about rewards just rewards similar to blur rewards just ape rewards and it's clear it's like hey season one kind of like what twitter's doing with their creator awards it's like hey every two weeks we're going to give a percent depending on your percentage of buy and sell etc we're going to give you a percentage of this much ape every two weeks well but here's the thing is like that's not a yuga labs decision right like that's an ape coin dow decision and i oh. think like Yuga Labs, you have to remember, like, Yuga Labs is under ongoing, like, SEC probes about ApeCoin. Like, if, if you're sitting in Yuga Labs seat, right, like, your job is to be as distant from ApeCoin as possible, right? And so I think that, like, the chance of that happening is probably pretty low. Like, the, the, the real catalyst for ApeCoin, I think this, so, like, here's another read that I have on what's going on. Is I just think, like, Yuga Labs has gone down this, like, game fire route that's just not really working for them because their games have not been very good recently. Like, I think that... Like the oh, oh shit! Heavy metal was just a huge, huge like miss, right? And it's so bad. And so my view is this: I think a lot is writing on Legends of Mara. If Legends of Mara is the next parallel, right? Like parallel TCG, we saw Prime go up to like a what five hundred million dollar market cap. Like if Legends of Mara is a trading card game that's really good, like that, like like that could be redemptive to Yuga Labs. But like it needs if if it's bad, like. I don't know, apes go to like five or Dude. 10 ETH. Like it's just like, like the focus, like this, this is the weird thing. And this is like, I've always not been a huge fan of like this part of what's going on with Yuga Labs is like, 
I like Yuga Labs as a private members club. I don't know that I'm bought into them as like a GameFi studio, right? And this is where like owning an ape felt great when it was like you were in a social club, but like owning an ape where the ape's main value is like airdrops and like staking rights is like not as interesting. And it really punishes people who got like nice looking well, apes. The, it's also, I don't know, a game that's been designed around getting a few thousand people in the game. Like uh, Luca's, uh, Luca Netz's perspective uh, from his, he's on the e-commerce side. His side is, well, I have a bunch of early uh, buyers of my products, which is great. Although even still in the e-commerce world, uh, 3,000 people is buying something is great. I don't know that they're going to spend thousands of dollars a year on uh, uh, e-commerce goods, which with an average price of $15 or whatever it is, let's say that there's round up and call it 5,000 people in the collection spending, uh, buying five products a year times 20 bucks. That's half a million bucks. That's a small business. Um, the In terms of the gaming side, what is a game with a couple thousand people on it? And and also, none of the people that bought you or like a small percentage of the people that bought apes at the time that apes were being being sold, none of the most of them were not buying it because they wanted to go play video games. Or if they were playing video games, they were already playing video games. So it's sort of just a weird thing. Like it's a weird path for them to go down that uh, to like, yeah. I kind of disagree with that. It, it, that, that comment, Nick, kind of always reminds me of like when people have watched a YouTuber for a really long time and then the YouTuber changes direction because they're growing and it's like, you're like, you're not the same anymore. You've changed. Uh, like, I don't like your channel anymore. And you see these like YouTubers who've been on, you know, on there for like, I don't know, 10 years and they start, they, they, they started off reviewing like cheap products and now they've gone into like luxury products. It's just like, well, how can Yuga go out and raise all that money on the idea that they're just a collectibles project? Like, well, would like would have A16Z put that money in if we we're like, we are just going to stay in collectibles? Like, they needed a path and a vision that would justify the valuation and the growth that that, that they wanted to have for this business. So, like, they whatever happened, they had to adapt and they had to change. And I don't think staying as a um, niche club where you have these expensive assets at the end of the day like people would have turned around and been like well why are we holding these assets it was for a club in miami great if you live in miami but if you don't live in miami like you know a hundred thousand i think there has to be a justification for the valuation that they have and the direction they want to go and the vision that they're trying to lay out I'm not saying that, or sorry, I, I want to hear what you think, Spencer. The, the, I, I just want to defend myself here, which is. No, no defend the, yourself. The, defend. <laughs> the, you're, you're right that most people don't want to necessarily go to Miami, but maybe if it was actually designed at, like, the social club one is a hard pitch for me also. I'm not saying that that's like a better approach. It worked for punks because punks ended up attracting a group of people that were behaved more like old money, I guess, if you want to say it that way, or long money, as Spencer described it, which is like the better place to be to develop a social club uh, is, is those that are just like, you know, traveling around, have disposable income, ha have a bunch of money that, that's left over. Whereas apes, a lot of people bought in at cheap prices, never had the amount of money um, that, that showed up all of a sudden. And so that's a totally different club that you're hanging out with, basically. And uh, all I'm saying is the gaming approach is a very challenging approach for 
NFTs. You're correct, Signal, that like they needed to have some pitch to go raise money. I don't know why they needed to do that, but okay. Like you don't have to go raise billions of dollars. Like there's no no requirement to do that. They could have been acquired for a billion dollars and that would have been like an all-time exit and they would have made a fortune and they would have just been like super rich and chilling at this point while someone else deals with having to manage this uh, project. So I, I don't know that like, like raising capital at that, that valuation is necessary. Like OpenSea is now in this place where I don't think it like I don't know how many people are going to want to work there when they can't figure out a way to like make make the the market work. So it's it's just a tough place. Raising a bunch of money is not um in, in the indicator of success. Having a bunch of money that you earned as a result of your efforts is the is the indicator of success, and that's what people look for. But now they're locked into this position. Same with Moonbird. Same with all these other places where they need to go and execute and pull a rabbit out of hat and uh, rabbit out of a hat and suddenly have uh, like a, an incredibly successful business when that was not the foundation of how they started. It's just a very difficult position to be in. So I think that Yuga is in that same place and them go going and building a game that becomes as popular as Fortnite, which is what they need to do at this point in time. I, I think is like very low odds. But I'm interested to see it, and I'm actually curious to see their like execution. It is a little weird to Spencer's point, but I I don't like some of their they've had some stumbles, but I still think they could potentially like pull it off. I'm just not willing to hold an ape while I figure that out, and the value of an ape is not as to Spencer's point, not super high in the world of gaming. Well, it's also like like this is this is just something that's weird to me. Is like I feel like a lot of the promise. And what made sense to me was very simple about NFTs. It was like, these are like owning like a long, like membership to a country club, basically, right? Like it's a social club. There's cool people. There are events. But like, why is there like, like we're, we're two years into this, like hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars into this. And there's like zero, like, like clubs. <laughs> I don't know. Like, like it just feels like we're, we were at a point in the NFT market where like somebody should have actually built the like clubhouse, right? And it just, just like doesn't exist for like any collection. I guess proof kind of has something in LA, but like short of that, like it's just kind of a weird thing to me where like, I don't know. And, 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 and it, it, I think it could have been where like, like what I think would have made sense was like within Yuga Labs, like use other deeds, you know, they had the codas, you had the, you know, you had the vessels, like make that the game five thing. Like one of the destructions of value of apes has been that the sewer pass airdrop has just gone down so much that like you're pricing in future airdrops is like, like remember that the like, tier four sewer passes were seven, right? That's crazy compared to what the price of things are now. And, and the uh, heavy metals are like, well, what's heavy metal at right now? Like half an ETH, right? So like destruction of value of airdrops is bad because it makes you price in a lower value of future airdrops. And there's just so many NFTs in the, in the Yuga Labs ecosystem, right? Like we even see like 10KTF is finally doing its PFP thing. And it seems like nobody cares. Like the 10KTF PFP is at a 0.2 ETH floor price. That's crazy, right? Like this is the thing that's going on is, is just, and this is this genie out of a bottle that's so hard to put back in is you can't like, you can't decrease supply. And 
everything needed to go so well, and it just hasn't. So I, I just wonder if we see a large transition in strategy here. I, I just like something needs to change, right? Or something needs to become more clear of like where this is all headed. Um, I think that other side will be a huge catalyst in the next market, but beyond that, like I don't know where apes fit into this, right? You have like punks is the like we don't do anything collectors item in the Yuga ecosystem. Like other side is the we're an ape coiner, like we're building a thing, like here's exposure to the thing. What are apes? And it's also been surprising to me that like the playability of your ape in almost none of these games really exists, right? Like that that was the thing. Is like I would have expected by now that in the games they released, you would feel like a big baller for having, say, a gold ape. And there's just been no time at which that's happened. And so they just released the game footage though of the um other side. They just did the other side test, I think, in LA, yeah. where yeah. you had the apes running around. And you know, like I'm not a gamer, so I don't know how cool that looked, but I thought that looked like pretty good and pretty fun. Now, that was just a snippet of what's to come. Um, and sorry, going like going like going back to uh you said that no one's really cracking this social club thing. They are, but they're just the smaller projects. And I think the bigger projects get so much attention and time on shows that not everybody always looks at what smaller projects are doing. Like you, uh, like Chimpers are doing these um, uh, IRL meetups around the world. You've got D-Gods who just came out uh, like last week saying that they want to really have IRL social clubs across different places in the, in, in the world as one of their core tenants. PFP projects are doing it, but they tend to be the smaller ones. And Frankly, if like board apes are doing that, I don't think it would justify the price. Or if they were only doing that, it would just justify the price of where apes are, like even today at twenty something ETH. I mean, yeah. it's expensive to uh, buy membership to to various social clubs. There's also different categories of them. I mean, it's pretty expensive to get access to a lot of like golf clubs, for example. There's like a, a lot of them that cost you know fifty thousand uh, dollars membership fee with recurring annual fees there's even more expensive ones and i think that there is the possibility of something like that the problem with a lot of these different things is that the i think the social club thing was always interesting because you can buy this and you can sell it and there's an inherent cap and it's completely public as to how many people own uh this nft and have membership to a club what uh where it becomes difficult is you need to have an actual club that people want to are willing to pay on a recurring basis that the membership itself is not just like that, like, and that's the way that all the, uh, every club operates basically is that you, you pay an entry fee. And sometimes I think you can get uh, refunded I, for when you leave the club is that there's like a limited spot, but usually it's, Hey, I pay this amount and then pay a recurring amount that you have to ongoing pay for your membership fee. But like that would just kill Board Ape Yacht Club if they if you had to keep paying for something. And more importantly, now they have to figure out a club that a bunch of the uh, flaky ass NFT people want to attend on any sustainable b basis. This is the worst. This is the worst consumer base in the world outside of the fact that they're willing to pay a ton of fucking money for NFTs. But the but having them as customers. Is, is also one of the most difficult things in this space because people just like leave, they get emotional. There's no like, it, it doesn't correlate to most traditional like social club memberships and things like that where someone's like, 
excited that they're going to the golf club this weekend with their family or friends or whatever it is. Whereas like in this, in this environment, it's like, why is price not going up anymore? Why is the thing that, why haven't you done anything that's made price go up? And it's like, I can't control the fact that blur, there's no blur farmers right now. That's completely out of the control of every project owner in this space. Yet every project owner is like held accountable for the price action of the of the entire NFT market of which they have no control over. So why the hell would you want those customers even to begin with? And what are you going to even sell to them? That's the challenge that every NFT project is dealing with right now. And that's the biggest issue. There's no way to win in this space. It's very straightforward. There's no winning playbook at this moment in time. The only one that I've seen that I respect uh, for the most part is Pudgy Penguins. And Pudgy Penguins has actually delivered something into the marketplace. It's not clear that the NFT holders give a shit about, about that because the price isn't suddenly surging as a result of Luca and team building a business. But like that's the biggest challenge that exists in this space at this moment in time is that it's not clear what you can deliver other than art. And that's why I'm actually, oddly, even though our show does not seem universally bullish on art, that's why I am very bullish on art over the long haul because there's no utility promise other than co the collectability of that piece. And to your point, Spencer, the demographic of people that are holding this is long money. I'm very interested in that portion of the market. Sam Spratt doing a drop that sells out in seconds and holds a high floor price. That's very interesting to me. And that, that category seems the most compelling out of everything that's going on in this space and uh, anything that's pertaining to, uh, call it securities, correlations, or whatever it is, is really, um, it, it is really difficult. And I just don't know that people are willing to trade on that basis. And there's not enough people that are operating to, or willing to op, uh, participate yeah. in the NFTs as securities marketplace. I, mean, I think the other thing, like, it's interesting here, right? Like you, we talk about what, you know, the challenges with NFTs. I think there's also like these other crypto risks, right? Like what happens, and, and this is the other thing that I think if you step back, people who are looking at macro, right? people who are multi-strat, right? And there's just increasingly few people who only trade NFTs, right? So like really the, the view here is this, this longer term money, like there's sort of two buckets. There's like rich dudes who like art and are like, oh, this is like digital art. Let me go buy some, right? They they tend to buy like that's, this is why you see Fidenzas are doing fine, right? They're doing great in this market. Like now, the other group you have is like crypto traders or DGENs, right? And the challenge going into this next year is you have like Bitcoin ETF stuff and the happening, right? And either that's going to go well or it's going to go poorly, right? And those are both very binary outcomes. There's no like probably middle outcome next year for like ETH and Bitcoin. And if they do really well, people will sell NFTs. And if they do really poorly, people will also sell NFTs, right? And so like, that's the other thing that I think might be kind of like a blocker to big catalysts in the space is the focus and attention on other stuff in the market, right? And it's really reasonably warranted focus and attention on other stuff in the market, right? And so this is, this is where like, you know, you, you gotta be con considerate of the different variables here. That being said, like, if NFTs go down another 50%, like leading up to the second blur airdrop, it might be a great time to buy. Like it's, it, this is a time to be paying attention at the very least. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens and why I'm right and everyone's wrong. Okay. That's what's going to play out here.
No, I'm just kidding. But before we wrap, Signal, any any closing thoughts? No, I look, I actually think that Nick is right. I, don't, I hate to say that and agree with him on air, on camera, because it's actually recorded. But um, no, I think he is right. I think the... Even like even if your thesis plays out to be correct, Spencer, I think what will lose a lot of people in the long term is how long they have to wait. So, you know, we had um, Crypto uh, Kaylee on the show. We've had Raul Paul on the show. And everyone is like, like their timeline is saying more 2025 than, say, the beginning of 2024. And I just think that is an extremely long time for at least the PFP side of the market to survive that cycle for the businesses to figure out like what it is they want to offer their holders. And I think that that, that is where you'll really start to see that um, capitulation. If that timeline is correct, that it's more towards 2025 than it is 2024, I think there is a lot of price correction that still needs to happen, which brings me back to Nick's point of why something like the art sector is much more likely to probably do long, probably do better over the long term, just because there is no expectations and you're just collecting art because you like art and because you like the artist. So I think what will be interesting to see like is where where capital flows next year and going into 2025. I yeah. the well the last thing I was going to say is the other issue that's existed in this space is that basically anybody can list at any given point in time. In the art market, it's way harder to like, I mean, I guess you can go, there are online sites you can go on to list your paintings and stuff, but like there's not as much like liquid supply, like sitting on the, on the uh, outside of like your lo local corners, corner gallery. But if you go into a local corner gallery and ask them how many art pieces they're selling in any given month or any given year, it's probably not a lot. <laughs> and, and so that that's where like, this, the, there were a bunch of people that flooded in that think suddenly like all this money is going to come out of thin air. There's just not enough people operating inside of this, uh, inside of this space. And that's the biggest thing that we need in order for it to sustain the sort of pumps that we saw when everybody like when NFTs boomed with COVID money was flying, all this other sort of thing. Like that was such a unique point in time. And all of us were just like, somehow getting spectacularly wealthy but but really all it was was the fed was just just forcing money down every channel possible we need that to happen again fed we need that to happen again so that's what we're waiting on the what the real key was take that money buy treasury bonds and then just wait and then once inflation goes down again they can start printing oh yeah that's the real alpha the real alpha is fed. the fed funds rate is five and a half percent and so you should go look at your bank account and make sure it's earning its five and a half percent or 5.3 is probably 5.2, 5.3, 5 is reasonable. But like, like for most people, the right approach in the, the market right now is just own treasuries, right? <laughs> Pretty much. And it's like, good money. It's going it's up, I think. Money. <laughs> I mean, you know, like don't, don't galaxy brain it too hard, right? Like... <laughs> That's the uh, that's what we're ending it with today. Buy treasury bonds. Do not buy NFTs. Uh, <laughs> Leave this fucking space and buy treasuries, you dummy. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's our show. Thanks so much for tuning in. We're going to be back tomorrow morning. I think Pia will be back, but if not, uh, either way, this was a great show. Really appreciate you all tuning in. We ran a little long. Hope you enjoyed it. We will be back tomorrow. Thanks again for tuning in.